All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Heather Uramchak. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. You see, this is the give a shit meter. And right up at the top, you'll see the Flyers. And then way down here, you'll see the Oilers. We'll get into it with the lead. Going to pin it up. Right behind me. That's really crooked. It's Turn okay. it up right behind me so no one forgets the reason the Oilers lost last night. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation Everyday Friday edition of the show. As always, live from the Sports Closet Studio, sportscloset.ca, three locations in the Edmonton area St. Albert Mall, Short Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. Um, yeah, I can't imagine people are in a great mood today, Liam. Why? What happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we will break it all down today on the show. We're going to be joined by Marat Atesh in about 18 minutes mm-hmm. to get set for tomorrow night, which will hopefully be a bounce back night for the Oilers against the Winnipeg Jets. Marat covers the Jets for uh, for the Athletic. And of course, it's a Friday, which means our boy Bag Milk's here. He's in a great mood, though, because nothing could ruin Blink-182 album release day. You know what? Honestly, Aaron and I were texting yeah. after he finished After Dark last night. I was just like... I needed that album to come out last night because I was so angry. It made the loss go down way yeah. smoother. 100%. I know I know a handful of you were in the After Dark stream last night, so you kind of heard Aaron and I break it down in the moment. I was not in a good mood. Um, it was just not even one of those games where like, you know, maybe they fought back for 20 minutes or they got off to a good start then fell apart. So you could be like, oh, like, let's pull a few positives. Like from the get-go last night, it was so apparent. There was one team that was interested. There was one team that was not interested. Simple. I kind of disagree just in the sense that I thought the Oilers were fine for the first maybe 10 minutes. I think if they had gotten a goal there early on, things may have gotten different. But like the reality is they fell apart completely. They look completely disinterested. Completely disinterested. Yeah, I there there really wasn't much of anything. Like we were trying yesterday to pull positive Oilers, Liam, from from that game, and like again, Dylan Holloway yeah. hustled. Great to see yeah. Warren Fogle. The first goal, we can talk about that in a second. Um, but like Warren Fogle was moving and like ripping the puck. I, I don't know where he got this shot from all of a sudden. Um, but outside of those two, there really wasn't anyone I thought was good last night. No, do you know, I will give a little bit of credit to Jack Campbell. I know I'll get into that. I thought he actually Mm -hmm. did a decent job, all things considered. But there was that, again, one moment where the Oilers goaltending didn't show up, but it essentially lost them the game in some perspective, in some way, right? We'll talk about that one. Yeah, but overall, just, 
I don't know, it's game four of the season. Like, where are your mm. feet? Where's the urgency? Like, they just, the scene, there was a question last night in the post game that Jay Woodcroft was asked. I can't remember who, after he dropped his F bomb. Yeah, which, which was, was hilarious. Sick. <laughs> and somebody asked, he's like, do you think this team is just waiting for April and May hockey? And all I could think of in my head was, and I know it's game four, it's like, well, you got to get there first. Yeah. You got to actually win some hockey games and act like you want to be in the same building as some of these teams. You should be beating the wheels off the of Philadelphia. I went off on a rant last night about that. There's no buy to the playoffs. No, There's no nothing. You have to play 82 games for a reason. Like, mm-hmm. And if that is the mindset of the players, that's a much deeper rooted problem. I, and just, again, it's early in the season, but Vegas has got off to a great start. The Bruins yep. have got off to a great start. Reno. Colorado haven't lost a game. I think Dallas have lost one in overtime, I think. All these teams are supposedly cup contenders with the Edmonton Oilers. I've got us to fantastic starts of the season. Granted, it's not going to all be this the entire year, but yep. getting off to a good start is a big part of the season. Too. The word you used that I want to touch on, urgency, zero. I mean, Lots. look at the third period last night. They were down by what? Two at the start of the third? Yes. They had four shots on goal in the third period. They have yet to score a third period goal. 80 yeah. minutes of hockey, gone. Zero offense. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. Like, I... I this team has always been one that you always believed is like never out of a game, but to go four games without a goal in the third period is a, a stat. They said that I couldn't, I couldn't believe it to be honest. Yeah. Never bet in the comeback. <laughs> never live bet the comeback, at least not right now. They've no. not shown that they have that side to them uh, over on the century mile racetrack and casino YouTube chat, new races every Friday and Saturday, a great way to spend your Friday night tonight in Edmonton. If you're looking for something to do, uh, Mike D had the first comment. He said, there's no room for negativity right now. Last year we were two and two after four games this year. We're one and three, not a huge difference in results. The huge difference comes from our expectations going into it. I would disagree with that a little bit. I think the difference is we were fed a month straight of it's different this year. Everyone's back early for captain skates. These guys are going to be dialed in, ready to play playoff style hockey from the jump. It's cup or bust. And then you come out and you go one and three, despite like who are the elite teams they've played? None. Vancouver's good. They, they'll probably, they might make the playoffs. They're not elite. Nashville's not elite. Philly's not elite. I guarantee you that every single, the three teams you guys have played this season, mm-hmm. more people had them outside of a playoff spot in their preseason predictions mm-hmm. and had them in like the Oilers. Look, like we're obviously a lot higher on the Oilers than probably most people would be because yep. we watch them so heavily. But like, they should be at least three and one right now, and it's not due to a lack of skill, and it's like due to a lack of effort. Yeah, like you look at the goals they allowed last night, and the not majority. I'm pretty sure all of them came directly from errors from the Edmonton Oilers, yep. and it was similar as well in the Vancouver four three loss. The eight one loss was of credit to Vancouver; they walked all over us. Yeah, but the two those two losses have literally come directly from the Oilers being bad and showing a lack of effort. The Oilers were down two heading into the third period. Not insurmountable at all. Nope. They got outshot 16 to four in the third period. That's just, it was like, I don't remember who they packed it in. They looked like they were getting ready for the plane ride home before the game was over. Yeah. And I just like this, you said it, Tyler, like we got fed the captain skate stuff and they're showing up to town early and Mm. they're looking like they're playing like the captain's, Skates were nothing but kissing each other to get mono. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they should have had more kissing. Maybe. Tighter in the locker room. Uh, there's something that it came up on After Dark last night. drove me nuts. Yeah, I see it good. coming up. I want up. you to get into that. Well, it's coming up now in Facebook and the YouTube chat. It is such a weak criticism to whenever your team struggles, immediately go to the coach. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Avi, come on. I mean, what are we doing here? I know people are last night in the chat were like, oh, like the defensive structure. And there's one guy stealth was in the chat like, oh, the defensive structure. Why would Woody do that? We're not Vegas. We can't be coached like Vegas. Last night, you can go through the four goals. Not a single one was the result of poor defensive structure. Every single one was a dumb turnover or lack of effort. Yes. Or one, the goalie should have stopped. Like there was nothing there where the Flyers... There was actually not even that many moments in that game where the Flyers like ran their show in the offensive zone and the Oilers couldn't get the puck out. The defensive structure was fine. Not the issue. Jay Woodcroft, what do you want him to do? You want him to yell at Connor or at Ryan Nugent Hopkins to back check harder on the first goal? This is the shorthanded goal. Turnover back the other way. And I mean, played poorly by Evan Bouchard. You have a guy coming back for support. You can be aggressive. You don't need to back into your goalie. I didn't like that play at all. Like there is a lot that stands out. 
Um, Christopher Palmer keeps thinking I'm yelling at him. I wasn't yelling at you, Chris Palmer. I was yelling at the other guy. Damn it. Not yet. Now I'm yelling at you. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, how many games do you see the Oilers power play looks so ineffective? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right spot. Penalty kill. (laughs) (laughs) They did. They did run the table last night. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dude. Mike in on the Facebook, check the Oilers winning percentage since Woody became a coach and tell me why all those wins aren't to his credit, but all the losses are entirely his fault. That's exactly what people are doing here. Like since Jay Woodcroft took over, the Oilers are one of the best teams in the NHL in the regular season. If you're going to sit there and be like, oh, got to go. We should fire him. We should fire him like Harvey. Any coach could do it. Dave Tippett wasn't doing it. No. And that's what Ken Hitchcock wasn't doing it. Maybe it's time to bring him back. Dave? (laughs) All of them. Super coach. Like the three amigos on the bench. Yeah. It was like when Pat Quinn and Rennie were both co head coaches. That was so weird. That was also that was now we need to add a third. We need to bring them all back at the band again. What's Kruger doing? Ralph. Ah, Ralphie. Freddie? Freddie. Yeah. Maybe bring in Freddie. Whatever. Add a little bit of fear. That would yeah, scare yeah, the boys. Like Kruger running around that fear. That'll get you going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jess looks so dejected. Well, like, of de- Jess this. in the YouTube chat <laughs> comparing the Oilers to the '60s Packers playing with no effort under Lombardi. I mean, it's a totally one. Like what? that's such an apples to oranges comparison. That's just that that's that can't be what we're talking about here. And I've said this line many, 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 many times. It is not a coach's job in the NHL to make sure his players are trying hard. This isn't peewee hockey. This isn't you coaching your kid on Saturday morning. <laughs> These guys, it's their jobs. <laughs> They're not doing spreadsheets or doing whatever during the day. Then it's like, oh, shit, I got hockey in two hours, but I'm kind of tired. It's on the players who get paid millions of dollars to show up and put forth <gasps> an ounce of effort in your fourth game of the year. This is not December 14th against Arizona when you've played three or four on a road trip and you're like, damn, we just don't have it tonight. Game four of the year, losing record, and they show up like that against a team that tries hard but isn't that good. It's embarrassing. Last night was embarrassing to watch. And if you're down by two going into the third period, I don't even want to hear any more of this down by two go nuclear, put McDavid and Drysdale together because they didn't look interested in coming back last night. Mm-hmm. Evander Kane had five shots on net somehow. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that either. Demoted to the third line. No goals through four games for Evander Kane. I'm trying to think of a quality scoring chance, maybe one. It's just, we were fed that stuff. And I know I'm hammering this now a little bit. We, we, Got fed the whole captain's gate. This year's different. We've learned our lessons from losing in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they haven't. Maybe they have. But to come out this way through four games says something about that room. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I love yeah. spicy Tyler. <laughs> but like, uh, come on. No, no I don't I disagree. Something. I don't disagree. You think the Oilers, you think Jay Woodcroft went into the room and was like, boys, no need. We can roll these guys with 50% effort. Let's give it a go. Like, are you dumb? Come on, people. It's absolutely <laughs> nuts. And I think that people tend to forget, you know, they're grown ass men in the locker room, right? Like it's not Jay's job to get them fired up. You know, they get paid millions of dollars. This yeah. is a fourth game of the year. I like your point. This isn't December against Arizona. I don't think it's Jay Woodcroft's responsibility to get you motivated. And if that is, my God, do we have issues that are like, much deeper rooted than I thought. Well, yeah, like they're not 12 years old. You can't like put yes, on rock exactly. and sock them for 20 minutes and be like, let's go get them tonight, boys. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, we should the try NHL. That. Maybe we should try that. I got a question and I need your honest opinion on this. Do you think this team misses a guy like Clem Carson more than we thought? Like, I know he's <laughs> a guy that would play like 10 minutes. Night, yeah, yeah. But in the sense of like last night... <laughs> Nobody really, here. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, like imagine Clem Carson on this team rather than like Adam Ernie. And that's not to discredit him because he has actually tried to do a little bit of something and add some bite to this team. But like, there's just, there seems to be no character right now. It's so strange to see, mm -hmm. like, at least in those games, sometimes you would see Clem like try yeah. and make a big yeah. hit or do something. It's not something he would do every night, but you saw it a little bit more often than not. And I just knew I was really missing somebody like that at the moment. Maybe that's why, and I thought about this a lot last night, which I, I never thought I would, but like, <laughs> the Zach McEwen thing might not be the worst idea in the world anymore. Did he clear? Uh, it's not, they might have. I no don't one's know. posted yet. Um, so, so alternate theories. Yes, a Pooley Harvey coming back from double hip He's surgery. Skating. He's skating. We know he makes McDavid better. <laughs> yeah. I also am like a little bit annoyed by that. Even with the Patrick oh Kane God. stuff. Oh, everyone on waivers cleared yesterday. Damn it. Can we not like. An NHLer skating by himself on a rink and people being like, whoa, he looks good. You could take the worst player in the AHL and film them by themselves. They would look unreal at hockey because they're in the top like 0.2% of their craft. Like, okay, God, we're not doing this thing with Pooley RV. Um, <laughs> that's insane. Also, Liam, respectfully, if Clem Costin is the reason you can't win hockey games, no, that says something. I'm not saying Clem Costin would have helped them win that game. I'm just saying the lack of character in this team is so apparent at the moment. Their identity is McDavid and Drysaddle, which is bad. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yep. Like we've been looking at this team and like, got, especially like, when they're bad, those two. Like, like, <laughs> like, and this is not to take a shot at, at Dehane by any means because he he was fine last night. I guess you could say, but like. He's brought in to be a physical guy. He was literally replaced Broberg last night for that reason. Yeah. And you didn't really see it. Like, I just think they're missing that little bit of bite that someone who's going to like bring yep. some energy, you know, mm -hmm. and we can sit here and laugh about it all we want. But when we played the LA Kings last season and we sucked up until that point, it was three fights in that game that took him over the line and seemed to bring some yep. shit together. And they don't have that at the moment. Yeah. I tweeted last night during the game. Vander Kane looks like he needs a scrap or something. It looks like he needs to be healthy scrap to get himself going. I think. So like, to your point, third line, maybe they need some kind of everybody in the pile situation to yeah. get themselves going. Maybe they do. I, that's that's what I'm trying to get at the most. They I understand don't have that guy right now. I understand your point with Clem Costin there. I went on a little rant last night as well. And after dark, it's the classic. I mean, no genius to say this, but when you're not producing, when you're not showing up, you have to affect the game in some way, mm. whether that's a big hit a face wash, a mm. smash in somebody's leg. And that's something Clem Costin did all the time. He's a high energy guy. He would tend to get involved and do stuff like that. And you're right. It's not a shot to Adam Ernie or something like that, but I'm not seeing him do what Clem used to do as well. So Liam, you're not totally off in my opinion. I'm not off at all. <laughs> all right. I said uh, totally off. It may be so like kind of like a caveman theory to me, but like that was one of those games where if you're going to lose like that, Go down swinging. Yep. Exactly. Like they remember that game that turned their season around against the Kings last That's year. It. Yes. They lost six, three and they just went and beat the shit out of them. And we're just, like, we're sick of it. And you know what it did? Maybe you're on some Liam. Okay. Hey, sure. But it did give them an identity. We saw <laughs> yes. other guys consistently going out and getting in the fight. And yeah. And you know, what? Like, I'm not saying the moves can haul made over the summer bad by any means, but like you, they lost Yamamoto as well. A bit of an energy guy too. A guy's going to get on their full check. I know Holloway's done a good job of that, but he's like, they've just lost a little bit of that character, I think. And they're trying to find themselves at the moment. And it's not looked good through four games, minus one, where, damn, they could have been on a 20 game losing streak and Dry Saddle yeah. could have had tw 10 goals against Nashville. But it's just like, they're just missing that part of them. And I've, it doesn't I've, get easier. Jets, I've, wild, yeah. ranges, flames. <laughs> um, 
we want to try pull some positives. Someone in the YouTube chat, like we are at this point of the overreaction, uh, floated out the idea. Should we bury Connor Brown in the minors for the rest of the year? So we don't have to pay the bonus next year. Something to think about. That is like, <laughs> I hate that we're talking about this, but it is also hilarious. It is. Cause he's been, he looks like a guy who hasn't played in a year. Yeah. <laughs> but he looked good in the preseason, which is like, damn. Thought he was going to be more ready to go. He is generating some looks. I think at some point, Connor Brown, like I haven't seen the effort thing be an issue with, with Connor Brown. The underlying numbers are good. So if you, if you subscribe to that, you would think he's going to turn. I'm not overly worried about Connor Brown. Like I am of Ender kid. Yeah. I think that guy needs, needs to up it a little bit here. Um, Brent said, it's not Woody's job to motivate the players. It's his job to hold the players accountable. He took a Vander Kane off that line last night. He's moved Connor Brown down the lineup. I think if people want to sit there and be like bench Bouchard, my question would be, what do you want Woody to do? Because guess what? 22 minutes of Vinny DeHarnay isn't the answer. It'll actually probably look worse. And I like Vinny. I think he's a good third pairing D-man, but they have, this is their team. They're set in. You're not healthy scratching Evan Bouchard just to, I, I don't even know, like play Broberg 18 minutes next game. Like that's insane. 11 and seven next game. Yeah, I go 11 and 7 next game. I've yeah, seen enough too. of Adam Ernie for a lifetime. <laughs> just, you know what? I and mean, it's not to disrespect that fourth line because Derek Ryan actually drew a penalty. penalty uh, Matthias Janmark was moving yep, better yeah. than he has all and, year. And Ernie, he's just, I don't know. He's tried to add some stuff. Like he got in a fight against Nashville. He was poking at the goalie last night to try and at least get something going a little bit. But I need a little bit more from him. I just feel like rotating McDavid and Drysaddle between. Yeah, Mark and Derek Ryan once every five shifts, whatever it may be, is way more effective than having yep. Ernie. And it also just helps you back in too when you have Broberg and uh, Dehane. And then Ekholm is still finding his feet. He a still bit. is. He like, had a good game against Nashville. I didn't yeah, think he was terrible last night. It wasn't but terrible. Room to but improve. If you can take maybe shift or two off for him just to rotate somebody else through to help his feet at, towards the end of mm-hmm. the game, I think that's more beneficial. And Winnipeg, Three and one and three like us, but they've got a they've got a good lineup too. Evander Kane has been on the ice for 61 5v5 minutes so far this season. The Oilers have been outscored six to one in that process, and he's played the most of those minutes with their two best players. Is that bad? <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> it's gonna take him a while to, to crawl out of that hole. Um, also the roller coaster that is the game we played after night one of how long will it take the Oilers goal differential to get back to even. I mean, ah. I, I thought there was a chance we were going to get back. I, I, I was know. feeling good after Nashville. We're back down to like minus eight. Damn. I said Heritage, Heritage Classic. Classic might I stand still be by the that take. one. That might still yeah. be it. Uh, someone on After Dark yesterday said the Oilers are just saving themselves for the Heritage Classic. Please don't. Please find some <laughs> kind of form before you pack a stadium. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more eyes on What is that, 60,000 people? Yeah. On the bright side. That? 60,000 people being very angry at you should be a good motivator to get something done. That'd be a lot of um, All right. We need to quickly get to our Alberta Blue Cross moment <laughs> of the game. Only one thing better than sharing memories. It's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross travel insurance protects your memories and more. Wherever your travel takes you, visit ab.bluecross.ca. I think the, uh, the big game changer was Oilers cut the lead down to one on a Zach Hyman goal. It's like, okay, maybe this is going to spark them. And then shorthanded the other way, Sean Walker fires one. This goal can't happen. Um, cup contending teams don't let stuff like this happen. Brutal turnover and then played poorly by Bouchard and then also a shot that Jack Campbell should probably have because that's not David Pasternak coming down the wings. That's Sean Walker. And guy, he looked like David Pasternak. A guy who was scratched when the Oilers played the LA Kings in the playoffs last year. A guy who was a <laughs> cap dump by the LA Kings this year, more or less. Yeah. He had one leg up. God damn it. <laughs> Sean Walker's coming in down the wing with one leg up going top shelf on Jack that, Campbell. What are we doing that, here? That's how confident other teams are going up against us <laughs> right now. Uh, my Alberta Blue Cross moment of the game, the end of it. It was awesome. I had a great evening going on to watch that terrible Thursday night football game. Thank you, Derek Carr, but not knowing how to throw a football anymore. Shout out to ridiculous. great Thursday night overall. But I capped it off with a nice little Betway bet win. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Uh, Let's get to the star mechanical guest line. We're joined by our friend Marat Atesh. He covers the Winnipeg Jets for the Athletic. Star mechanical. Evan is number one plumbing and heating company. Marat, we're fired up today. So, uh, (laughs) I was watching the segment there, and you guys are good. the 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 chemistry is good. The fired up itness, the the grief is there, isn't it? 
The grief is real. Yeah, yes. we, we, uh, <laughs> we're trying to represent the fan base a little bit. Uh, the Oilers taking on the Jets tomorrow night. Jets also not off to a great start this year. But before we talk about the team, I wanted to ask you about the Pierre-Luc Dubois return because I only watched it on SportsCenter. Mm. It looked like one of the more awkward things we're going to see this year. Like when they gave him the video tribute and like there were some boos, but like eight people stood up and kind of clapped. How weird was that in the arena? You know, I was wondering if they were going to do, you know, a full-fledged proper video tribute with the highlights and the big goals and things like that. It was just kind of a couple of clips and a thanks for being here sort of deal. And I think that maybe that uh, was, you know, an editorial decision that mirrored what happened in the arena too, because it was a smattering of cheers, a smattering of boos. It wasn't, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats returning. It wasn't one of the all-time enemies returning. It was just this this guy that was supposed to help in a big way. And maybe the biggest help that he gave was asking out in, in terms of uh, the package that went to pick up back. I want to talk about that yeah. next. You read my mind. I liked that return. I look at that. And like, after going up against LA in the last two yep. playoff series, like from an Oilers perspective, I walked away from them being like, Velarde's very good. I follow is very good. And I oh, like yeah. Rasmus Kapari. What have been the early returns on those three in Jets jerseys? I know Velarde's out, but yeah, it's a, the Velarde. What a, what a script. Like Pierre-Luc yeah. Dubois comes back. Uh, Velarde gets hurt. Pierre-Luc Dubois scores the first goal of the game. And then it like holds up for the winner until about a minute left. Shifley scores to erase that. But it was the worst script you could write from a Jets perspective. Um, to answer your actual question, Gabriel Velarde, for the few games that we saw for training camp, he looked great. He honestly did. Um, he's a big guy. Uh, he protects the puck on the boards really well. And then some players who do that with that strength, they don't really have the vision for what comes next. His head is always up. He's reading the game. He's processing. And he found some pretty good chemistry with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. Um, you're always seeing them form triangles on the ice. They were they were making seam passes. They really were reading each other well. So it's a great shame from Jets' perspective that Velarde's hurt four to six weeks is better than it could have been. But you never like to see that. Alex Iafalo is... One of my, I, I, I've really been warm to his game. You know, I didn't watch a ton of Kings last year. I watched some, and I think that maybe I didn't appreciate just how good of a four checker he is, how good he is at always being in the right place at the right time on the ice. Uh, he seems to be one of those instant chemistry guys, but usually when you use that euphemism, it's, well, we put him wherever and he tries really hard, but he actually gets stuff done too. He scored two goals against Vegas last night and has been a, a pretty solid piece for the Jets as well. Kupari's looked fast. He's looked uh, he's looked like a useful piece with some growing room as well. So you do you do have to like, especially given Winnipeg was painted in a corner as much yeah. as they were. You have to like that they got something that they can work from as as good as they've got. Yeah, I mean, I think when everyone saw that deal, it was I think everyone thought Winnipeg kind of won the deal in in some ways, right? Like you get an entire third line, and then obviously Shifley and and Hellebuck both free signed too. What was the initial? reaction to that because it was very surprising yeah i think they're linked actually the the trade return being so good may have had an influence <laughs> because you know i i don't know how much of this got out but you know montreal was in on the dubois deal right until the very end right like there were there was an attempt to make a futures-based trade uh, is my understanding of that situation right until the very end and even when it was well known it was going to be la and i think that Winnipeg getting a package that helps them win in the next little while. And Winnipeg's not a juggernaut of a team, but they're a quality team and they got quality pieces back. So I think that the draft and that trade is roughly where the the wins began to turn with respect to Shifley and Hellebuck. I don't think Winnipeg was getting the greatest offers in the universe trade-wise for them when they were having those kinds of discussions. But then from their perspective, when they can look and see the team got some good pieces back, and then they make it back to Winnipeg, you know, in August and September, and they sit down with Kevin Sheveldayoff face to face. One of the big changes was Sheveldayoff, instead of keeping his cards close to his vest like he always does, he kind of opened up the playbook and he said, well, here's, you know, our timeline on prospects. Here's what we think, where we think we can grow. Here's our cap situation. And I think the combination of all those things, a win now trade return, not a, an incredible trade market, and also Winnipeg's desire to stay competitive. Like they needed those guys if they're going to fight for a playoff spot, all sort of work together to keep them in town. 
So it's a one and three start. I mean, again, coming into the regular season, you had three new guys from LA, the new extensions are signed. Vibes are high in Winnipeg. And then they come out of the gates and they're two games under 500 for the people watching who maybe haven't zeroed in on the jets in all four of these games. Have they been bad efforts? Like we're talking about with the Oilers. Has it maybe just been a couple of lucky bounces each way? Are they actually playing decent hockey? What's your early read on the first 12 periods of hockey for the jets? Yeah, I appreciate the nod to the idea of a small sample size, even though you didn't use those words. Um, like the 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 general trend is Winnipeg's been playing a decent brand of hockey. Don't expect them to be a one and three cellar dweller looking type of team when the teams play against each other. There were two miserable periods. Those were the in the game against Los Angeles, and that game was a bit of a dog, I think, from the Jets' perspective all around. Um, other than that, outside of that, even in the losses. Like we're talking right after Winnipeg lost to Vegas 5-3. There have been a lot of things to like. There's been a flow of play to like. There's been underlying metrics to like. Winnipeg's giving up too many goals, though. And it's either on the goalies or the fact that Winnipeg's D are making some pretty horrendous giveaways at at the wrong time. So um, in an overall sense, I would like to pitch that the Winnipeg Jets are a, a fun team who's had the better of possession for most of the season. Uh, but they've also played against good teams who have made them pay for their mistakes. The defensive errors sound very familiar. I think mm-hmm. we've seen that a few times. This- tomorrow could be just an absolute shit show then if yeah. both things hold up. Uh, I quickly want to talk about Connor Hellebuck because his numbers aren't great, but you kind of alluded to it there. I want to know, like, is Connor Hellebuck struggling or is Connor Hellebuck just facing breakaways and two-on-ones that he can't stop? Yeah, I mean, I would say a little bit of both. We're used to Connor Hellebuck throwing up the wall in Winnipeg and even in some of the most horrid roster situations like 2020, he just about clawed that team into the playoffs. And, you know, everybody knows how Vesno caliber he's been over so many of his seasons. Um, so far this year, though, I, I think between him and Bersois, and he's played three, Bersois played one, Winnipeg's given up at least four goals every single game. And that is a problem. And I think it's a combination of both those things. Hellebuck hasn't uh, showed that that elite, okay, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna flat out steal goals uh element to his game that he often has. And at the same time, you know, Winnipeg has things on lock, things on lock, things on lock. Oh, there's a giveaway, it's a two-on-one and like um with speed and in transition. And there's been um there's been a lot of that that Winnipeg's goalies have had to deal with. Is it gonna be Hellebuck tomorrow night? Is that your best guess? Because I'm just looking like Hellebuck has a career save percentage sub nine hundred against the Oilers. And Laurent Versois, we know he is lights out almost every time he plays in Edmonton. Uh, but is it Hellebuck's net tomorrow? Yeah, for sure it is. Versois played against Vegas, which is, I think was a nod to play against his most recent old team. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be Hellebuck against Edmonton. Laurent Versois becoming a sneaky puck doku answer. Uh, Marat, uh, do you have another one? <laughs> uh, I guess what was... What's your perspective on what the Edmonton Oilers have been this season from an outside one? Like we obviously all think the sky is fallen and nothing mm-hmm. will ever get better, but like, it is. what is it from an outside perspective on the Oilers right now? You know, I would like to pretend that I have a better insight. I actually grew up watching a lot of Edmonton, you know, in terms of, in terms of tears shed upon retirements in my life, it's Christine Sinclair today and Ryan Smith once upon a time. Yes. Um, but um but in this year, all I see is the Connor McDavid spinning goal highlight and the abhorrent, like the horrid goals against totals. And then I saw that clip of, of Woodcroft talking and, and dropping an F-bomb, basically saying the standard isn't good enough. So I assume there's some kind of defensive mess happening, even though I haven't watched it to see myself. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. yeah, I think you call all the headlines. To be honest, whenever <laughs> whenever I see a coach freaking out in a press conference, and Woodcroft didn't freak out; it was just an f bomb. But you could tell he was very, very mad. I'm always laughing, and I remember like when I covered oil, the Oil Kings in the W doing the post game press, or I covered some bad teams. And when the coach would come in and start screaming, like I was always like, "Don't laugh! Don't laugh! Don't laugh!" <laughs> Have you ever had that morale where like a coach is freaking out and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the funniest thing ever!" But I cannot like break my straight face. Uh, not with coaches, but it used to happen when Blake Wheeler would get tense, right? Like he would have no problem letting a reporter know that a question was just awful. And then he would answer it greatly. There would just be a beat where he like stared you down. And then afterwards, he'd give you a three-dimensional intelligent answer on it. 
And uh, sometimes when I could sort of see, I could see it coming. Like I, I, I hear the reporter asking the question and I can see Blake's about to do that steel-eyed thing that he does. I, I have had to look away from some of those scrums. I think he's a very funny guy. Uh, we, uh, we really appreciate you hopping on the show, man. We'll chat again a couple of times throughout the year. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. There you go. Murat Atesh from The Athletic. He uh, covers the Jets like a blanket. I always love saying that. Like, like, a, blanket. like a blanket. Uh, like he us. joins us on the Star Mechanical Guest Line, Eminence number one plumbing and heating company. Um, yeah, this Jets team, I mean, one in three, you kind of hear their defense is maybe not all that great. And it's like, ah, maybe the Oilers can do some damage tomorrow night. All I could hear was four goals per game against, eh? Bet the over. <laughs> Bet the over. I'm in. Damn it, I'm in. <laughs> when you look at this Jets team, that's right. And the Oilers obviously have better high end talent, kind of similar. Yep. In some regards, like blue line has question marks, but some good players. <laughs> they healthy scratch Nate Schmidt last night. Did they really? Yeah. I like Nate Schmidt. Like forward group's pretty good and fairly deep, like the Oilers. Bit more youth in the bottom six, I would say, but like side by side, it's not too different. Am I doing I'm on something there? Yeah, I mean, it's a high-end forward group. Maybe depth that leaves you wanting more. A blue line that's incomplete. The only difference is the Jets have a legit Vesna caliber goalie. That really and that's what's concerning. How dare you? Yeah. I know the Oilers have kind of gotten to him a few times in the past, but still, it, it it would be a little worrisome. Tyler, people in the chat asked your your give a shit meter fell down. Well, that is unsurprising. Do you know what though? That is an apt metaphor for what yeah. the fuck happened last night. Yeah, when it exactly. sadly fell down and went. Shoo. It's because it wanted to go lower. Know. Yeah, yeah. It was Tyler has it too high. Um, yeah, Connor Hellebuck expected to get the start tomorrow. All the game day breakdown stuff will be happening on the. On pregame room boards, he brought to you by Sherwood Ford, the giant tomorrow. Yep, yep. So look for that seven o'clock start for that pregame show tomorrow because it's an eight o'clock uh, national broadcast. But it's a little bit of hockey night in Canada and the vibes are going to be high. We might even have a couple of surprises for you. And <laughs> I mean, the Oilers might have a couple of surprises for you as well. We'll see what's we'll see what's in store. And uh, we have postgame. Oh, yeah. And hey, Liam's going to be joining me. It's going to be uh, U2 on postgame, right? Yep. Nice. That's right. Did, and it's uh, Gavin's birthday tomorrow. Ooh. Yep. Look at that. I'll see you at Greta afterwards. There you go. Happy uh, early, ba- uh, early birthday, G-Baby. Yeah. G-Baby. <laughs> the last two times Connor Hellebuck has faced the Oilers would have been... They played back-to-back last year. Yeah, Are they did. Yeah. Wasn't it right around Christmas? January, February, March 3rd and March 4th. And Hellebuck gave up nine goals in two games. Oh, and they played New Year's Eve. That was it. And it was like 2-1. Yeah, and Hellebuck's up 31-32 oh, in that game. so boring. Ah. So the Oilers have gotten to Hellebuck the last two. Before that, pretty solid run where he gave up 1-3, one, 1-2, one, two, and 2. So that's how Hellebuck has fared. Recently, his uh, best performance ever against the Oilers in terms of save percentage. Well, he's actually pitched two shutouts in his career against them. But his worst performance against the Oilers came in April 26th of uh, 2021 when he allowed six goals on seven on 23 shots somehow. What was the date? Sorry, April 26th. Ah, One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> Could have been a birthday gift. I'm not good at just seeing a number. I mean, like, I know that month. Tell me, give me a number. I'll tell you a month. Seven. July. July. That wasn't that quite fast, though. Oh, five. May. Ooh, good one. <laughs> three. March. Ah, that's funny. All right. I'm four. <laughs> April, because I know it, because I'm dialed in. Now I'm dialed in. Uh, All right, heading over back to the Century Mile Racetrack and Casino YouTube chat. Um, You guys enjoyed that. Some people were talking about Spicy Woodcroft. Someone said it it was calculated. It was intentional. He wanted to come out and do that, maybe make some headlines. I don't think so. That wasn't like an angry rant sort of thing where like the coach wants to make, get attention onto him, not onto how bad his team played. Um, That was just a slip. It just slipped out. It was funny. It's kind of like when you swear in front of your parents. When you're younger. Yeah. You're like, damn, it's not good. That was a very much a visceral reaction. I felt like where you stub your toe and you say, fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just, he said what we all felt. Yep. Well, it was about Fogel, right? Uh, Fogel made comments about like that lack of effort and Woody just kind of whatever agreed with it. Uh, Let's stay focused on tomorrow night's matchup against the Winnipeg Jets. Get to our opposition notes presented by Wendy's. we got a fun little game launching with Wendy's and daily face off next week. It is the, Daily Face-Off Survivor Pool. I'm going to give you a chance to win some very, 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 very real prizes, such as food prizes from Wendy's for week-to-week winners. And if you win the whole thing, $5,000 cash. Pretty Five. good. Five grand. Wow. Yep, that wow. is uh, pretty good. Like that. 
<laughs> JBCs this weekend, boys. Oh, yeah. I, I might get one on the way home. I got mm. Wendy's last night. The question is how many JBCs, not JBCs question mark. Jay treats JBCs as a side, which I respect as well. Like get your main burger, then get a JBC. I just yes. pile up the JBCs. All the time. Get a Baconator, get some side JBCs and a side chili. It's <laughs> like a diet of champions right there. They do have a great taco salad. They do. I was talking about this yesterday. Fantastic. Amen. Uh, all right. Here are your game notes. Uh, the Jets, one and three, coming off a loss to the Golden Knights. Connor Hellebuck has struggled this year. Marat says he's expected to get the start, but he's got a 4.38 goals against average to go along with an 843 save percentage. The Jets, despite their poor results, have actually been doing some pretty good things at five on five. Their oh. 5v5 shots, four per 60, is second in the NA, or sorry, shot four percentage is second in the NHL. They generate the second most shots for, and they generate the, they're about middle of the pack in shots against. So, um, they're a team that yeah. you can just never underestimate. They've got a lot of good sorry, players. They're fifth in shots against. They're very good. They've got a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. The goaltender is a stud. Yep. And they're very like similar Mark. to Philly. The blue oh, line God. way better. <laughs> yeah, the blue line's way better. But like They've a forward talent. group, and they, they're more talented, but like a forward group that will, even if it's not, Going their way, they will out, try to outwork yep. you. They have a goalie who can steal a game, and their blue line is better. That's a good point. So you're this kryptonite. Can it work hard against? <laughs> Effort. <laughs> but yeah, like you look through this, and that's the, the that's frustrating the- part of it is the Oilers look like they they're playing like they think everything should be easy. Yeah, it, it is so true. It's so true, and I and they're going to find out on Saturday again that they got to work hard to win games, and hopefully, being at home, the Oilers can. Go up against this Winnipeg team and honestly, just give us some entertainment. Let's have a shootout. The Not first a literal one, just like, you know, 12 goals. The first yeah. four games have been the meme. The Oilers have fucked around and they found oh, out. Found they out. Did find out big time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nova says they're a competent version of Philly. Maybe that's a good way to do, put it. Do you know they're a playoff team? I have them as a playoff team this year. You do? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I did four it. and four, right? Yeah, I did four and four for my division split. Edmonton, Vegas. Calgary and LA. And then in the central, I had Nat, uh, Colorado, Nashville. mini Colorado, mini Dallas and Winnipeg are my four playoff teams. See my Kraken one last night. Yeah. Hey, that'll help your goals for <laughs> yeah, per games popping home seven. Uh, Winnipeg currently last in the central, which is kind of funny. <laughs> that division is so weird. Like Chicago credit to them, like five game road trip to come out two and three and have really one stinker, which yeah. was last night at the end of it. Like, but credit to them, but yeah, Winnipeg. It'll be a tough game tomorrow. Uh, Daki is in and says, to be fair, the Oilers always struggle against teams we should dominate. We always give every team a chance, no matter how good. That is so true. Um, so accurate. Yeah, and that is something that dates back to, I mean, basically the start of the McDavid era. When they go up against a bad team, they play down to their opposition. I was just hoping they'd kind of outgrown that. I've argued with Gregor about it so many times. Go, go, buddy, they don't actually play down against the bad teams. Yes, they do. They just did it. They They just did it. And they did it against the Canucks. So we're talking three of four games playing mm-hmm. down to the opposition. And like sometimes they have the number of some teams. Like like last year, I think they beat San Jose every time they played them. But yeah. they also split against Anaheim. Yes. It's like, yeah, sometimes you're going to beat bad teams. They lost both time. games against Philly last year. That's right. Yeah, they did. Yeah. It's just like, figure it out. You know, they lost a couple of games against Arizona too. So you got to make points you want to get count. And I can forgive a loss against a Vegas or something like that. Yeah. I can even forgive a loss against Philadelphia, to be honest, in Philadelphia. But, but you need to show me that you, you want to play for the Here's win. the way I would look at you it. Know? is like, I can forgive any loss, provided that we don't feel like we did today, that the Oilers just did not give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. If they were coming out yeah. pumping shots on Carter Hart last night and he was standing on his head and it was one of those games where they got goalie to go, well, it happens. Yeah. I, I do think on Saturday... They're going to be able to bounce back. I mean, to give them credit, they bounced back relatively well when they got thumped 8-1. That was a much better game against Vancouver the yep. next night. And, and again, that game in isolation, you're fine with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point in isolation. Then they bounce back again against Nashville. But yeah. You can't go every third game and just have a terrible game. Yeah. One terrible step forward, two steps back is kind of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, it, Nuge Lover says there's good and bad ways to lose. And I agree. Like At some point in the season, you get sick of moral losses. Mm. But early in the year, like maybe even Winnipeg, you can forgive some losses in a one and three start. If you're sitting there going, we are shooting the puck a ton. We're kind of getting goalied. We're not. We're preventing a lot of shots. Just need to get the grade A mistakes out of our game and we're good for the Oilers. It's it's a lot, lot more than that right now. 
Um, not Tyler Mulek either says they lost the division by one point last year. It's shit like this at the beginning of the season. That is not good to see. I, I think I, I think I agree with you a little bit. Great on point. That. You dropped six points already. Yeah. You know, you're not going to win every game, obviously, but when the ones that you can, it should be. Four goal, four games, no third period goals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some waiver, interesting waiver news today in the NHL. The Columbus Blue Jackets placing forward Liam Foodie on waivers. He was the 18th overall selection in the 2018 draft. He's played in 90 NHL games. He's only scored seven goals. The Oilers, of course, took Evan Bouchard that season. So, hey, could be worse. Some people call me a foodie. What? Liam Foodie. Are you related to him? I'm a foodie. The similarities. Oh, you're a burger reviewer. I I was not following that at all. Yeah, that was a tough one (laughs) for me too, Liam. It's all good, buddy. We all saw you make those nachos. Uh, (laughs) He is a very speedy centerman, but he shoots left. Don't see a ton of upside with him, but he's fast. Could he be your fourth line center? Then you get you pump Adam Ernie. I think if you're going to bring up anyone who's a bit of a, in air quotes, project, probably Lavoie at this point. But. It'd be 4-0 and if they had Lavoie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Pull your Arby's on this team. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that video of Pull your Arby doing crossovers? Whoa. Against who? <laughs> Him and Patrick Kane. Shadows. <laughs> yeah, he's on shadow. <laughs> Uh, Cole is in says feels like the bottom six is missing some sandpaper, like a physical presence, like cost. And yeah, I mean, we talked about that earlier in the show. I <laughs> Liam just like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> People are, you should feel validated. Uh, you should feel validated. Liam. <laughs> uh, Outland outlandish says as an aside, I'm trying to pick a heritage classic Jersey to buy. I'd like Holloway, but 55 is a crappy number. I disagree. I think 55 is kind of a cool number. It's kind of a cool but number. But Mark Letestu, how dare you? Yeah. Uh, hey, yeah, nice. Right? Nice. Shifley. You could get an Oilers Mark Shifley. Nobody's doing it. <laughs> oh. One of one. Tyler Mulek wants me to address the tweet I had after the Oilers uh, lost the opener where I said, this team will start seven, two and one. And we'll look back at tonight and laugh and laugh. Well, we're not laughing anymore. So seven and three is still possible. Seven and three. Here we go. Yeah. And to wrap up the segment, Jay Diz says for the survivor contest brought to you by Wendy's, uh, do you need to be in Alberta to win? No, you need to be in Canada. Yeah. Just just Canadian. U.S. Unfortunately. Yeah, sorry. Oh, it's a cool no game problem. too. Like I'm excited when we launch yeah, it. So you guys actually play along you. There's also leaderboards where you can track how yeah. we're doing in the game. Yeah. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see which staff members are just going to be terrible. Probably me. <laughs> Can we play? Just pick new Jimmy. Yeah, of night. course we're going to play. Ooh, yeah. play. Just play on a show. I am going to be winning. That's a good idea. JBC's boys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> JBC. All right, there you go. Let's get to a new Friday segment we're doing. It is the Crown Royal, generous guys and gals, and it is brought to you by these guys right here. Crown Royal. Generosity lives in the small things. Crown Royal, crown everything. Liam, who's your generous guy of the week? My generous guy is a girl. A generous guy. It gal. is called generous guy or girl? I'm going to go with uh, the Canadian legend, mm-hmm. Christine Sinclair. Marat talked uh, about this a bit. Her retirement today. Uh, just a great ambassador to the game of football for women's football worldwide and just Canadian football men's and women's. She's a, she's a legend. She is the all-time international goal scorer. Men or women. All Men time. or women. She is number Respect. one. Respect. And she had a great career and congratulations to Christine Sinclair. Yeah, that is a big, big news that came from today. You kind of felt you talked about this off the air, kind of felt in the last World Cup. They're like, okay, this is coming. Like she'd lost a step and you you would hate to see her keep trying to extend it. So this seems like a very good natural walking off point for Christine Sinclair. One of the best Canadian athletes of all time. It's hard to retire. Mm -hmm. It's never a good time because you either have to retire when you're good or retire when you're bad. Yeah. And neither of those are fun outcomes. No, it's a difficult thing to do, but she'll obviously always be remembered for her historic moments, like winning the Olympics. Yes. Big, big Canadian sports moments. Uh, Mine is going to go to a few different people. Uh, Leo Carlson, second overall pick in the draft, overshadowed a bit by Connor Bedard maybe, but he came out, made his NHL debut, scored a goal. Troy Terry made a great feed over to him. Very good. But it also gave me one of my favorite little moments in hockey, which is when a guy scores his first goal. And then you see one of his teammates like panic over and like have to reach in the net to go get the puck. I don't know why I think it's so funny. Like, oh my God, I got hit. Everyone's celebrating. Then one guy, usually like a defenseman's like coming in behind the play and like scooping into the net with his hand. I love that. It's always fun. A neat little thing. It is cool. Should have probably withheld my Leo Carlson comments. Yep. (laughs) He's on pace for a lot of goals, Liam. 79. 79. (laughs) Just got to stay healthy and he'll hit it. Um, So there you go. Crown Royal. 
Let's uh, crown royal. Sorry, generosity lives in the small things. Crown royal, crown everything. Uh, an honorary generous men go out to the Edmonton Oilers. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Philadelphia Flyers that need new contracts next year. Nothing more generous than letting them pad the stats a little bit. Hey, I you like know? that one. I like that one. Maybe. Yeah, I had one and oh, I said, my generous guy is going to be Evan Bouchard mm. for all the lovely pizzas he's been serving up on the ice. Honorable mention, Mac Jones is also quite generous to the defense. As you can see, I am, you to wear that today. I am supporting two losing teams. That's what I do. Tough little sports run for our boy, uh, for our boy, AB. Uh, telling both me. one and three. There you go. Generous guys and gals brought to you by Crown Royal. Crown Royal. Crown everything. I love Crown Royal. Mm -hmm. We've heard clip. (laughs) I I kept pausing waiting for you to hit the button. You won't find any grand gestures or flashy displays of generosity here. Million dollar donations or names on a hospital wing. That's not the only way generosity lives. It doesn't need money or an audience or even acknowledgement. It just needs good people to be good to people. There's no one way to be generous. There are endless ways. And there's a crown for every one of them. All right. Zachy's in. Let's get Brett Pesci, Jordan Eberle, and send Lane to AHL. I don't know who Lane is. Lane Peterson. He's already there. He's already there. Um, Pesci would be great. The Carolina Hurricanes, one of the best teams in the NHL. Probably not trading him. Jordan Eberle got in a fight. Well, he had to. He's trying to show the Oilers he's ready to play playoff hockey again. <laughs> we need guys like that in this Yeah. yeah. Could Jordan Eberle be Jordan Everly? new Let's Clint Costin? You never know. <laughs> never know. Uh, it is a busy, busy sports weekend. It is probably the best sports weekend of the year. NLCS, ALCS still going. NFL football, NHL hockey. When's NBA tip-off? Uh, well, preseason's preseason right still going. I think it's Soon. next week. Next yeah. week. Uh, all right. End that of October. Leads us into what's on the menu this weekend for our friends at DoorDash. Ding dong. They can be your holiday hack. Everything you need delivered right to your door. Dash that for the win. And for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order when they use the promo code that's up at the top of the screen, Nation25 in all caps. Nation25 for. A nice little discount when you download the app for the first time. I used it already. And it worked? It was worked like a charm. A great meal. I'm going to use mine this weekend. Yep, me too. Right. I actually ordered DoorDash and forgot to use it. <laughs> I felt so Son stupid. Son of a gun. Uh, tonight, doubleheader, Major League Baseball. You got a couple of big, big games. Astros Rangers tied at two. Game five goes tonight. Phillies up 2-1, but the game is in Arizona. So they're looking to... Uh, Looking to even that series up on home field before going back to the bank for the end of the series. Although it's 2-3-2 two, two in baseball. Uh, tonight, pretty quiet night in the NHL. Just the two games on tap, which is fine because they're saving them for Saturday. Uh, Calgary in Columbus and the Devils taking on the Islanders. Tomorrow night, though, is a great slate in the NHL with a ton of like really intriguing matchups. Uh, you got the Wings taking on the Sens, 11 a.m., both three and one to start the year, both going to be fighting tooth and nail for that final playoff spot. You know, for the whole year, they'll be going back and forth. So that's a really good matchup. Obviously, Oilers Jets at eight o'clock, uh, potential Stanley Cup final preview. Maybe Oilers fans hoping not, but Colorado and Carolina going head to head. That'll be a good one. And then Connor Bedard making his home debut against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, they've really teed up that guy for a nice, easy start to the season. Hey. Yeah, you finally get to play on home ice, and it's against the 5-0 and Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah. um, anything you're excited to watch this weekend, Liam? Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's late match. Oh, everything ends at 7. Thanks, NHL, again. I'm so tired of this, Tyler, and I will argue against it every time we do it. You could come watch the Golden Bears at 7 o'clock. Who do they play? I might be coming. They're playing Calgary. Yeah, they're playing Calgary. Uh, the, the Dinos? Oh, I could see my boy Arjun Atwal. There you go. Dinos, yeah. You should come. I'm like, Liam, let's go. I'm not working there anymore, so I get to go to a game for the first time as a fan. You've never been been to the Drake? No, because I worked for the Crusaders forever, so whenever I got a weekend off, I didn't fancy spending it at the ring. This is a PSA to everybody out there. If you've never been to an Alberta Golden Bears, that's actually where I met Tyler. That's how I got this job. Mm -hmm. They are the most electric games, especially when they play the Dinos, because the student section is absolutely reckless and hilarious. They build the beer pyramids. It's such a good time. Tyler, I will see you there later tonight. There you go. BM, what's on your menu this weekend? Crying. Uh, (laughs) But what if the Oilers win Saturday? Still crying. UFC, Saturday night. Oh, Saturday day. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. That's Um, sweet. 
my menu though. Mm-hmm. Sunday, Detroit is going to kick the Ravens' ass. Let's Plus one thirty-five on the money line. Let's dig into things over on Betway nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. Lots of sports on, so lots of ways for you to get in on it. Yes, throw sir. a couple bucks down on some games this weekend. Cook up a sweet parlay. Hey, how'd your every game of the night parlay do? Well, <laughs> last night was not great. <laughs> I uh, there was a there was a heavy ticket in the NHL last night, and I'd say maybe 50-50 on money line bets. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just every other's game day. I'm doing a one dollar bet, but I'm trying to do a mega parlay on all the money lines. As you do, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It keeps you engaged in the yep. night, and then. As soon as your parlay dies, you go, ah, you make another one. <laughs> but like last night, $1 would have turned into six fifty if I hit it. All you got to do is hit one of these. You just got to hit one. Yep. Just got to hit one. Uh, all right. My NFL teaser of the week, knocking all these spreads down by six points. Uh, the first leg, taking the bills, knocking them down to two and a half against your Patriots. Aaron, should we throw down? You got <laughs> to give me odds. You got to give me odds. Come on. If you lose to New England. Yeah, I know. That'd don't be bother showing up. So man. that's leg one. Leg two, Liam taking your Lions from plus three up to plus nine. I can't even believe they're underdogs. Yeah. yeah. And then the final leg of it is taking the Dolphins against the Eagles and teasing them from two and a half to eight and a half. Like so a couple of plays where you're crossing over the big numbers you're supposed to in a good teaser and then taking the bills down to two and a half. You know, I'm not, I'm not big on the teasers. I know you don't like them, but I like them. But I like Ben just straight up on the, on the spread. You like all three of those spreads though? I, um, Miami's two and a half. Yeah, I like Miami. But Tyler's a tease in himself, so it fits. I, know, I know? never started teasing until I started hanging out with Tyler. And then well, it's I, effective. There's some good ones out there. I think the Lions plus three is really good. Uh, what's the other one I liked here? Cleveland Browns minus three against Indianapolis. I know it's an indie, but Garnum Inchu's a starter. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one here, too, that I quite liked. Bills, Lions, was- Ravens, money, or Bills, Lions, Dolphins, money line parlay pays over five to one. That is good. Um, I'm staying away from Dolphins, Eagles. It's, it's going to be a tough one. I like Seattle, seven and a half versus yep. Arizona. Giddy up. Cool. Giddy up. There you go. Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Oilers, Jets tomorrow night. I haven't seen a line on Oilers, Jets yet. I would imagine the Oilers are going to be favorites, though. Um, but we'll see anyone you like from an individual perspective to bounce back tomorrow night, BM. Yeah, Connor, that's the easy, that's the that's layup an answer. One. Last night was just very unconnor like yep. with some of his puck choices. So he's the easy one. Um I just I I want to manifest a cane goal. Exactly. I really want to. The odds are probably juicy. So I don't know. Those are the two that I want to pick. A bounce back performer? Yeah, from the oil. Let's go with. Let's go with Stu. Okay. I'm assuming he's going to start. Whoever's between the pipes, to be honest, I'll take that. Uh, Maybe. I'm going to go with mine. I guess it's not really bounce back because he's been our guy, but I think he's going to pot one. It's Dylan Holloway. I like that. It's Dills, as the YouTube chat says. I quickly around the horn. Would you play Holloway on the top line tomorrow? Yes. 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 There you go, Woody. I know you're listening. Are you demoting as we talked about yesterday? It's yeah. Kane and Brown. Well, how, how, are we looking Kane. how are we looking? I'm demoting Kane, but here's my prediction. Kane scores. Hey. I think Evander Kane's going to finally find the back. Jay Woodcroft the fired. Tyler Uremchuk in. Yeah, Let's I'm go. in. Well, uh, and also the thing too, like Kane generally scores in bunches. Yeah. So if yeah, he gets one tomorrow, trick. you know, we are due for a hat trick. We are. Damn it, I'm in. Uh, I would do Holloway, McDavid, Dreisaitl. I would keep the second line the same, Hyman, RNH, and Fogel. And then I'd go Brown, Kane, McLeod. Yep. I might mix it up even further. I might go... DeHarnay on the first line. Holloway, Dry. Uh, sorry, McDavid. My bad. <laughs> Brown. Then I'm going to go Kane, Take your Dry, time. McLeod. Yeah. Something like that. No, oh, you're going this, I'll keep the second line together. Spread it out. Like I said it last night. I tweeted it. It was tongue in cheek. Is that what they're saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, make the make the lines nuclear in the third. <laughs> oh, a bit too late for that, isn't it? Like, <laughs> don't put your weapons all out there at once. So yeah. if it goes wrong, and I'm also going 11 and 7. Uh, yeah, I'd go 11 and 7 tomorrow. That's yeah, 11 and 7 for sure. Because then you can put Dry McDavid together if you really need to. And you could just like, you know, like I don't know. roll them through every now and then on the fourth line. Maybe you try and get a greasy matchup win. Yeah, the Oilers are more flexible, uh, more dangerous when they're more flexible. Yeah, I agree with you, buddy. There you go. Uh, we'll be breaking it all down buddy. tomorrow, 7 o'clock <laughs> on pregame with Boardsy, brought to you by Sherwood Ford the Giant. It's a Sherwood Ford Giant game day tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. Big shout out to Sports Closet, Sports Closet Studio. 
Oilers jerseys, looking sharp. Sports closets got them. Get them for the big game. Uh, Century Mile Racetrack and Casino, Alberta Blue Cross, Wendy's, Star Mechanical, Crown Royal, DoorDash, and Betway. Also, Greta, if you're looking for a spot to maybe go watch the game Saturday night, or maybe you're going to the game, need an after party, Greta. That is the spot. Post victory Mario Kart. Post victory Mario Kart. Is the way I to think do it. you'll see me there. There you go. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to the show all week. Pre-game, post-game tomorrow. You won't want to miss that. And then we'll be back on Monday, 1201 Mountain Time. Chat with you then. Have a good weekend. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com.